0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian and I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything tabletop role-playing games. And today we are talking about
1: orill the Frost Welcome to the
2: Dungeon Cast. Hey, hey Brian. Will. Hello. <laughs> hello. 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 Hi. Hi. What's up? <laughs> Um, <laughs> not much. We're about to do a Dungeon Cast. Yeah, man. weird
0: energy to start, but... What are we gonna do today, Will?
2: Uh, well,
1: you know, it's it's been rather hot here on the Dungeon Cast, if you ask me. Uh, plains and primordials of fire. Uh, most of the mephits are very uncomfortable and hot. Uh, the battlefields of Acheron seem like they're a pretty sweaty place as well. So I thought it'd be nice to cool things down and air out the show a bit with the queen of air conditioning herself.
0: We could just open the door to the studio and let the the cold Californ- Southern California winter air in, which is to say t-shirt weather. I am wearing a tank top. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It is cooler than normal. Uh, I hope everybody's staying warm out there in the other parts of the country that are fucked. Yeah. 15 yeah. degrees in Dallas. Ooh, that's brutal. Yeah, um, or, I, it gets worse the further you go. Yeah, no, I, I know how it is, and
1: I, I do enjoy California weather. Uh, except for during the summer, in which it's a nightmare. It is <clears> pretty <throat> fucking hot. Yeah. Uh, but we're not hot today. We're staying chill here right. in the Dungeon Cast chill. with oril, the goddess of winter and cold. Now, she is not a prince of elemental evil, but she is both elemental-ish and quite evil. Um, so I think she fits the Year of the Elemental pretty well. Uh, regardless, it's back to Faerun on this Deities and Demigods episode of the Dungeon Cast. Nice. Oril is the neutral evil lesser goddess of winter and cold in the Faerunian pantheon. Although now I would actually qualif- quantify her as more of a quasi-deity, kind of like Baal. Um, that being said, she's still categorized officially as a lesser deity, but I'll kind of leave it up to you to decide. Okay. She is known by many names. Lady Frostkiss, the Frostmaiden, Stormbringer. The Frost Queen and the Sovereign of Summer's End. She is called Sakuruk by her few worshippers among the Elutians in the Great Glacier. Oh, wow. Ilut, ilu,
0: Il, 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 Ilutuans.
1: Ilutuans. Illusions,
0: Illusions.
1: <laughs> the Frost Sprite Queen is additionally seen as being synonymous with the Queen of Air and Darkness by some communities of Fae, such as those of the Shiverpine Forest and the Deep Wilds. Now, this is a point of some contention that Surprise has 4th edition at its root. 4e implied that Oril uh, and the Queen of Air and Darkness were in fact the same being in the world of Forgotten Realms. Okay, But with the second sundering and the transition to 5e, it became less clear if this was true anymore. And according to Ed Greenwood on Twitter... ...or ex-formerly known as Twitter... ...after the Sundering, uh, the Queen of Air and Darkness... ...was seen to be only impersonating Oril... ...in order to retain followers on Toril. I bring this up because I think having the two entities... ...be related in some way is a cool idea... Although, I totally understand why WotC walked it back. That being said, in my current homebrew D&D campaign where I'm a player, the Winter Queen, queen i.e. Queen of Air and Darkness, is a major plot point and her name was revealed to be Oril. Hmm. Uh, this
0: probably is not a coincidence as we are playing 4th edition. For sure. That's the, they think Everybody thinks WotC stands for Wizards of the Coast. It's actually walk it back of the coast. So that's what they do. They fuck
1: they do, up. They do do that. Uh, <laughs> the embodiment of Winter's cruelty and all of its deadliest aspects. Lady Frostkissed has a heart of ice to match her lethally cold beauty, eternally preserved beneath a sheet of rhyme. Though this is but one of her many forms. Oril has been known to take five distinct forms. Uh, the first is a furious figure of action known as the Frostmaiden, the most frequently seen avatar in all but south and east Faerun. The Frost Maiden appears as a lithe, attractive human woman with blue skin and a body made from ice and snow. Her free-flowing hair, long and white. This form wears a fine, thickly-furred gown and uh, a mantle, uh, uh, and with a mantle of frost swirling around her.
0: Okay, that's 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 cute. Yeah. She's well-dressed.
1: Next is uh, Oril's form known as the Ice Dawn. An impassive apparition of icy imperious majesty gliding silently through the air. The Ice Dawn wears an ornate, an ornate crown and hooked spurred armor of opaque and light blue ice design. Ooh, cool. Uh, Fivey presents Auril with three new avatars. Firstly, there is the Cold Crone, who appears as a seven foot or two point one meter tall, hunched bipedal creature with a snowy owl's head, topped by a pair of curled ram's horns. There it is. In this form, she has cloven hooves, arms extend ending in a in sharp black talons, and grayish white wolf fur covering her from the neck down. Her second new form is known as the Brittle Maiden, a ten foot or oh, three meter. Tall figure, a fearsome feminine aspect with a thin cloak of mist surrounding her and eyes that burn with a cold blue light. Made entirely of ice and frost, her body crackles while she moves with icy blades growing from her form at odd angles and breaking off after growing too long.
0: you ever touched, like, liquid CO2? I have not. Or, like, nitrogen or whatever the Mm -hmm. fuck? That shit does burn. I
1: imagine it would, yeah. Uh, Oral's third form is called Winter's Womb or the Queen of Frozen Tears by her most devoted. Mm-hmm. It is a three-foot... That's .91 meters. ...in diameter, diamond of ice with facets and a, sh- and a sharp point at the bottom. Hovering in the air, the diamond contains aurels, divine spark, and radiates intense cold in every direction. Her voice seems to emanate from its heart. Ooh. So arrogant, vain, supremely cold, unfeeling, and apathetic, Oril is incapable of true feelings of love, honor, or other noble emotions. She feels no mercy or compassion, and in fact is sadistic in that she takes great pleasure in torturing her enemies and harassing her foes. She traps those she deems as offenders in blizzards and drives them insane with visions of warmth and the comforts of home, ultimately oh. seeking to kill them with the sheer bitter cold.
0: And they're, like, forced to hang out, and they're, like... uh Like, if they had, like, a merchant cart, they're, like, in there, like, drinking from, like, the mead, like, to stay alive. Yeah. Have you ever heard of people getting trapped? This isn't funny, but, like, people get trapped in blizzards in their car and they, like, drink. They had, like, a six-pack that Mm -hmm. they were, like, toting around in their car. Mm -hmm. Like, drink it to survive.
1: Um, well, I, I would imagine it would be detrimental
0: to their survival because it makes you feel
1: warmer, but it actually drops your body temperature when you drink alcohol.
0: I think it's like a, a long game thing where they're yeah. like in their car and they've been in there for too long and they need oh. to eat. Yeah, it's nutrients. Yeah. Oh, okay. In that case, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it's terrible. I've heard of that. That's oh, what that's what goodness. your merchant adventures are doing. <laughs> I made it
2: 30 days on nothing but six cans of beer.
0: Apologies, adventurer. <laughs> Oral, has, Oral has frowned upon you. <laughs> in addition to this.
1: Uh, Oh, wait, uh, despite feeling no love, the Frostmaiden is fascinated with and adorns her ice with all forms of beauty from natural wonders to art objects to the artists themselves. The Frostmaiden freezes them in magical uh, ice, preserving them from the ravages of time and hoarding them away for her viewing pleasure alone. Her ultimate goal is to cover the realms and all other lands beneath her ice and snow. In addition to this, the ice goddess is notably capricious, fickle, and unpredictable as a winter storm. At one moment, calm and quiet as night, and the next, a raging fury of sleet and ice. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, she's a weather goddess, you know? And the weather's fucking crazy. Yeah. And deities highly reflect in the most in- intense ways the thing which, you know, they are domain of.
0: If so. you wait, Oral was asleep and you woke her up and so she avalanched your ass? you were too loud. <laughs> I just got avalanched. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck in this snow pocket. Better drink this beer. <laughs> okay.
1: As one might imagine, Oril, the merciless goddess of cold and winter, is worshipped mostly in regions that are affected by deep winters. Uh, Folk attempt to appease Oril with offerings and prayers for mercy. Her priests warn others to prepare for winter and to stock extra provisions in order to have some to spare as offerings to the goddess. Few favor Oril except for those who make their livelihood from winter or those who truly love the season. Her rare priests tend to be folk who would, but for their status, likely be outcasts from their communities. They practice celibacy and remain aloof from others when not serving in their official capa- capacity.
0: Okay. So if you were going to provide, like, an offering to a random god on a on a mission, mm-hmm. on travel, this is a good one, right? Uh, yeah, if you're in wintery lands, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to, like, I need to trek this tundra, mm-hmm. like, better make an offering to the goddess. Yeah,
1: I know a lot of uh, the sailors uh, of Faerun specifically will make offerings to both Saloon and—oh, um, gosh, what's her name? Um— I was gonna say Zaboim. That's a Dragonlance deity. Um, there's a evil water goddess that they She's gonna come up in this episode too. She's one of the fury gods, which Oril is one of the fury gods as well. Ooh, spoilers. It's super eluding my mind right now. And but we'll it's in the there. notes. Yeah, it's uh, we'll in get the notes. there. We'll get there. Luskin. Uh, pretty much the most northern major city in Faerun, has a temple dedicated to Oril. Uh, the white-spired Winter Palace. The structure is a roofless array of pillars and arches carved of white stone. The rituals of Oril's worship often seem cruel to outsiders. In Luskin, visitors gather at the temple to watch the frequent wet parades, <laughs> a ritual in which supplicants don garments packed with ice. They then journey between six white pillars known as the Kisses of Oril, which are dispersed throughout the city. The worshippers move from pillar to pillar, chanting prayers to the goddess. Upon reaching a pillar, a supplicant must climb it and then kiss the lady, touching lips to a rusty iron plate at the top. Ew. In winter, these events resemble frantic foot races, with the added risk of frostbite and injuries caused by falling from the slippery pillars. I was going to say, you can get really hurt doing this. Oh, yeah. The parade runners are cheered on by patrons who come out by from nearby taverns to place bets on the stamina of the participants. <laughs> Those who finish the race are thought to have helped make winter easier. Easier, and they rarely have to pay for food or ale all winter long
0: huh okay i guess this is like watching some fools go out and like Is this the like exploitation of poor people i think um i mean it remember that the gods are real in this i know <laughs> so, like, i was just about to ask yeah. is oriel
1: like this is what they want um, I think Aura would laugh really fucking hard at this, and because she's crazy, oh. one year she might be like, "Yeah, I'll go easy on you guys." And <laughs> you're be like, "You guys are dumb." <laughs> oh, you dude, know. that guy broke his leg, fucking Goomba. Yeah. All right, she's evil and Lightstorm.
0: Yeah, superstitions <laughs> are built because people
1: are desperate to survive
0: or bullshit. I guess I'll save my watermelon hail for another town. You guys have peased me.
1: Yeah, that being said, like, someone who does this, because the superstition is real, they really are kind of like a hero, especially if, it, if they feel like it works. Okay. They're like, fuck yeah,
0: Bob fucking did it this year. No, Bob doesn't pay for shit. Bob, <laughs> Bob, save this city. We're going to have to remove this man's toes and not charge him medical bills.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. The Church of Oril is a loosely organized and informal
1: clergy dedicated to Oril. It'd be weird if it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> clerics of Oril are mostly women and are known as Chillbringers. Oh
0: hell yeah! Which is a cool name. Most, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
1: most are rather independent and wander the colder parts of Toril on their own, spreading word and dogma of their goddess. Oril's clerics wear white, ice-white robes with blue trim and a wide silver-colored belt with a ceremonial axe hanging from from it. Upon their heads, they wear a circlet of silver.
0: I thought the smoke method would be a chill bringer, too, but these <laughs> well, people. Well, I mean, it is, but it's a, lower, the,
1: it's a lowercase C.
0: Yeah, it's a lowercase C. These chill bringers, they, they will leave a box with a smoke method on your doorstep. Sure. <laughs> the Church of Aril
1: seeks to make all folk fear their deity and her clergy through the fury of winter weather. They also generate personal wealth and influence by performing tasks that others cannot in the worst weather and by magically protecting those who pay or obey from the worst winter conditions. Uh, Clergy members make an offering of some of the wealth they acquire by scattering it in the falling snow of a storm and throwing it through the cracks of a frozen river or glacial crevice. So basically... The clerics and their goddess bring the bad weather, and then they exploit the people by doing the things in that bad weather only they can do because they're the only ones immune to that bad
0: weather. Yeah, and at the start of every meeting, they're like, remember, team, if they pray or obey, then they're okay. (laughs) I love that. That's great. (laughs) Clerics of
1: Aril work to establish themselves as uh, uh, powerful—oh, yeah, they work to— to establish themselves as powerful figures within tribes. Uh, They use this power to form a cult and channel a tribe's worship away from their traditional deities and towards Oril. The tribe is taught to channel their fury towards those not of the tribe as a way to be spared the harshness of winter. Uh, So divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. Uh, This inevitably leads to the subverted tribe into a life of pillaging and raiding. Sacrifices to the Frostmaiden are common, especially in the north, as people hope to appease the winter goddess and thus avoid crippling uh, cold winters. Travelers forced to travel in the winter toss coins, usually gold or silver coins, into a cold stream or the snow before embarking into the cold.
0: At the first sign of winter, it is
1: common for farmers to throw some of their harvest into the north wind.
0: And can you imagine like looking into the river and seeing like a gold piece every now and again, and knowing don't don't fucking touch it, or not or not knowing, oh. and then like I don't think the gods are like okay with just your regular ignorant people. They like fuck up ignorant people yeah. anyway, right? Or
1: real definitely would. Yeah, like, it just depends she, on the deal. Yeah, yeah,
0: okay. Like yeah. Bahamut, would definitely Bahamut would. would find. Yeah, Bahamut would be like, I don't. I, I have you seen my
1: Mithril Palace? I'm good. Yeah, I'm he, good. he doesn't know. You okay. need the gold, bro. Yeah, take it. It's all good.
0: Now uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll throw the breeze against his path today as a punishment. Punishment, right? The more fanatical members of her cult engage in
1: human sacrifice. Uh, humans sacrificed to the Frost Maiden are often left tied up to perish from exposure to the cold or drowned in ice cold ponds.
0: That's a bummer. It's
1: yes, she's evil. Those are bad ways to die. They are. Aurel uh, uses frost giants and winter wolves. To deliver commands to her cults, while frostwind viragos, which are kind of like winter snow nymph ladies, and uh, and hags, are the handmaidens of the frost maiden. Okay. Yeah. Uh, clerics and other worshippers of the frost maiden make their prayers during the coldest part of the day or at midnight. Uh, prayers are made while kneeling in deep snow or in a cold stream for as long as possible. Sometimes even an entire evening. Uh, During the winter months, individuals who approach clerics for a a blessing or mercy from a are expected to first undergo a lengthy prayer called a cold cleansing. This prayer involves the individual holding a large piece of ice in their hands, praying until it melts. The prayer has to be done outside in the cold and ideally in the evening. (laughs) So she makes you suffer. That's like you want something? All right, suffer. I was gonna First say like this wanted, sound yeah.
0: like getting into ice baths yeah. in the wintertime. You know, mm-hmm. people people have their ice baths sitting on their patio and they just go out there and break the top layer so they can get in. That's crazy. Those Russian people, man. They like birth their babies in that shit. <laughs> like a, this ha- <laughs> I, I saw somebody. Punch their way out of a frozen lake uh-huh. that, like, froze over. They got in it, right, somehow, but the uh-huh. video starts with them punching out of it, uh-huh. and the guy climbs out, and they're like, this is how Russians are born. <laughs> That's <dumb>. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, holy days include
1: midwinter night. Um, it's the most holy night of the year for the clergy. A festival of ice dancing that lasts all night. Uh, druids are also known to pay respect to the Frost Maiden on this date, because we've got to remember, druids venerate her, too. You know, she's a nature goddess.
0: Yeah, snow is of the yeah, world. Indeed. So...
1: The coming storm and the last storm, an, inform, in, an informal but enthusiastically celebrated ritual, where the priests gather and call howling ice storms down on a region to mark the onset and end of winter. Oh wow,
0: it's
1: a Damn. weird groundhog day situation there. <laughs> uh, or Orill's Blessed Tide or Orill's Day is. A holiday held annually in the city of Waterdeep on the first day of new frost in the year. It's not so much a holiday as a way to seek to appease the frost maiden in hopes of a mild winter. It do be getting cold there on the coast. Mm -hmm. An individual wishing to become part of the clergy must undergo a ritual called the embracing. (laughs) The ritual requires the applicant in only boots and a thin robe to spend the evening exposed to a raging blizzard. Holy symbols of Orill are painted all over the applicant's body. The applicant is forbidden to use any sort of magic to protect themselves from the cold. Those who survive until morning are deemed worthy by Orill. And accepted into her
2: church.
0: The whole night. I was going to say, I was like, okay, it's probably fun to just go out there for like an hour and be like. All night, bro. Oh, all night. And, and just body paint. Yeah. And the only way you're surviving is literally
1: if Oriel makes you survive because you will die otherwise.
0: Oh, that's a fucking um, crazy one.
1: But it is crazy to think that every single clergy member, if, you, if they're, you're dealing with them in your game, like they've all done this. So they're all like crazy and
0: well, sanctioned by Oh or, Yeah, that too. Yeah. But they're always like crazy and hardcore enough to do that shit. So the, yeah. They're scary. Well I mean if the culture of it is like, well if you if you prayed good then and offered right then you'll be fine. You know? Except for except
1: for that's not true though. Like you can do all that in Our could you just be like I don't care.
0: Uh yeah that's yeah. true. Well <laughs> or, Aurel needs people to she does. worship. She, so she does. She's probably gonna want to pass Crazy fools through. Enough people get through. Yeah, okay. But
1: they still have to suffer, like, mightily to get through. Oh, yeah,
0: not and not, I can't imagine everybody's getting through. No, definitely not. Or, or uh, like, they're, they've got a warm heart, fuck them.
1: Yeah, basically. <laughs> I
0: need cold-hearted bastards yeah, in they, my crew. Yeah, she
1: wants the truly devoted. Mm-hmm. Uh, clerics of the Frostmaiden are bestowed with cold immunity. Uh, powerful clerics have the innate ability to duplicate the effects of the ice storm spell and summon ice para elementals. Wow. Uh, the church possesses a magic artifact called the Codicile of White. This is a magical book containing basic rites, rituals, services, and major ceremonies of Aurelia's faith. The book also has several pages devoted to the goddess's favorite arcane magic. Mm-hmm. It was created as a tool for Aurelian wizards and sorcerers to gain better understanding of the faith. Wizards who are loyal or worship the Frost are called Cold Cloaks. Uh, they serve Oril by providing magical assistance to the clergy.
0: I like a lot of the naming stuff they're doing in this. Oh, a, a lot of it. Sometimes I'll poke fun at that type of stuff. This has all been pretty cool. Yeah, this
1: has all been good. Good naming. No Aster Eater in sight here. <laughs> no, no ball spawn. No ball spawns Aster Eaters. Where's the other one? Other... Um, God, what was the Oh, no, no, sh- no, uh, no Shet Rings. Shet Rings over here. No sh- Let's take a show, okay?
0: It's the grand adventures of Ilion and Beer
2: And show Ben, that's the story of how I slew the Shodolin dragon and swayed the heart of the ice goddess herself to lift her curse upon the land.
0: Wow, that was that was a, a thrilling tale. It sounds like you had to cast a lot of spells. To oh yes, pull so, that off.
2: So many spells.
0: Wow, So, uh, just, I would so love, many. Love to see one one day. <laughs> you will. I, well, I'm sure. I'm sure. I you know. Assure you. you know. You could cast one right now, and we could go back to sleep. And, and yeah, and, I'd rather not, honestly. Yeah, this. You know, <laughs> something could happen, and we might need. You know, uh, I, I'm sorry. While you were talking, I don't even think you noticed. You were so lost in your story, and I was listening to the whole thing. But there was a full kitchen that appeared in the lounge space. Oh wow! And I made breakfast burritos. Oh, uh, you're, amazing! You're a bacon man. if I, I am I, a bacon yeah, man. Brec- bacon breakfast burrito for you. Thank you. You're welcome. I I I actually uh, I'm more of a, a ham.
2: Ham, ah, man, myself. Ham is just bacon that isn't cooked all the way. Well, that's a, fine. It's a different, you know. What? Don't worry about it. You're right. You're right, you're right. So what? Uh, <sighs> so, dare I ask, what do we do now, Ben? I don't know. Those beds that generated here were super comfy. It's just like everything we need is just right there. Yes, but we can't rest on our laurels. Laurels. We must. We must venture forth and, no, and yeah, find the rest I've, of the
0: shards. I'm not exhausted anymore. I feel good, good and good. I think I think I'm ready to go. Maybe the space. And our, our our shards of our fragments of our shards pieces. of substantial support those we've, we've got three now yes we They're do all sort of fusing together yes and breaking apart as it seems they need to but maybe they can help us find like you know the shards before yes indeed I do
2: remember the elemental chaos lightning uh skiffer Yes. told us of a gifter eye that had a shard
0: that's right. That's gotcha. what the, we were. I thought this was the one we were tracking. Yes, the whole Akron piece. Yeah, then we yeah, Acheron crazy.
2: and then we found another one. So perhaps the shards are so sure bound together. Perhaps we could will these three to to find this dry. Oh, there was a wash basin and some um some oxyclean that generated here. I did get that blood out of your coat. Thank you. There was a lot of blood on your coat. I killed a lot of people. You
0: killed so many people. Ben, listen yes. to
2: me. I'm I'm sorry, I'm listening. I need you to paint. Okay, I love to paint. Good. You know that. Yeah, I do. Get okay. to painting. Yep.
0: What should I paint?
2: <laughs> Whatever you want. I'm going to paint the lounge. And I shall take these three shards and hold them forthwith and will them to take us to the place where we need to go to find this Githzerai who holds another shard so we can make our shard just that much bigger and more powerful. That sounds great. I wonder
0: what was up with that that dude. He didn't, really didn't like the Githzerai. Ben, you're not painting. Uh, okay, okay. Well, I got confused because there's all, all kinds of stuff I've never seen. There's an art station generated over here next to my canvas, and there's all kinds of, of mediums and and and... Munitions of, of art supplies. There's art supplies I've never seen before Like what is this It's in, a, it's in some sort of strange Hard but somewhat flimsy casing It look, feels like I could break it But look, this little cap pops off And there's a, something wet And look, there's, there's multitude of colors of them uh, they, I, I can't read whatever this language is on the side of them
2: Ben, do I look like an artist to you? I know, <laughs> You <laughs> are the artist So please make some art so that we can get this going! Okay, 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 here I
0: go. I'm drawing the- Look, I'm drawing the lounge.
2: Yes! Show us! Show us as essential supporters! Show us where we must go to find this Gisari!
0: look, it's doing another teardrop.
2: a portal!
0: A tear. A tear in space.
2: Tear in space! That's not
1: just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind.
2: This is the story of Harry Dallowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: We've returned. Indeed we have. We're fucking back. Indeed we are. Colder than ever. It's, it, yeah, I'm actually a little bit cold. It's, it's finally gotten. To me I turned that bit. heater off, like I was saying. I think, yeah, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> I'm uh, wearing a tank top. That's true. You did choose like some of the. It was comfortable when I went outside this morning. I know it was 30 degrees, but it felt great. <laughs> Ever since we insulated the studio, it actually holds the cold. It
1: does, yeah, which is good for the summer.
0: It's good for the summer. It holds the heat. It's a thermos up in here. It's just gonna hold whatever temp it is. But if you cool it down, it stays a little. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, what did the Alien and Beard do? We don't know. But we it don't was know. Probably chill as fuck. It was probably super chill. It was probably super duper chill. We have a thing of dice up here. We do. Um, full of cursed dice. It's, uh, it's a giant jar. How many? You guess. How many? Whoever gets closest without getting over wins. And if there's a tie, you gotta tell us the color ones. Yep. Which color is the most? Indeed. That's actually probably pretty good. It, you know, if it does come to a tie, it'll be kind of hard for us to parse that out, like categorizing which ones are truly red. You know what I mean? Hey, we'll do our best. It probably won't. To air in is tie. mortal. Yeah, is all I will say. We are. We're so fucking mortal. We're so goddamn mortal. God damn it, McGorgon. Help! <laughs> <laughs> Let me become your warlock. <laughs> Oh. You ready to get back to it? Yeah, I'm ready to get back to All it. All
1: right, back to Oril. Oril, used, she used to have a divine realm called Winter's Hall, and Pandesmos, the topmost layer of pandemonium in the Great Wheel cosmology.
0: What? There's, I didn't know pandemonium worked like that. Um, Pandesmos.
1: <laughs> Whether that hall still exists or not is unknown to me. But what is known to me is that she definitely does not live there anymore. Okay. The Second Sundering did a number on quite a few of the deities of the Forgotten Realms, and Dorill is definitely among this number. Uh, Before we get into her current domain, I must issue a warning. We are now crossing into spoilers for the adventure module uh, Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frostmaiden.
0: Ye who wish not to hear of such things should leave now. You have been warned. You've been warned it's these are cold ass spoilers. Cold they don't care about fuck you. Spoilers. That that's the they one don't with don't care about you. You mentioned the owl with the horns, yes. and that's the alt art for that book. And I was wondering if we were already in spoilers for no. it. Not really. We now are. Now we we're are. We're about to be. Get ready for the spoilers, Get ready. motherfucker. <laughs> So let us begin
1: with a quick recap of what the Second Thundering was. I know we've talked about it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but as 5e was coming into production, WotC wanted to put the 4e Pandora back in its box. And so uh, to do so, they invoked the power of their writers to create and write an event called the Second Thundering, which would put mostly everything in the world of Forgotten Realms back to where it was pre-4th edition D&D. It's like a crisis on infinite Earths kind of yes. scenario. yes. Not everything made it back to whence it came or did so completely unscathed, but the status quo was indeed again quite quo in the eyes of 4E haters. Walk it back of the coast.
0: In lore... In the lore, though, what happened was... <laughs> they got uh, fucking sundered again. I can't believe we're being sundered a second time. <laughs> ah! Keep
2: your head
1: down. When Ao, the over-god, everything dad... My everything dad. ...destroyed the tablets of fate at the conclusion of the Times of Troubles, he instigated the era of upheaval. The tablets defined the laws of realm space and kept it relatively stable. Without them... Chaos ensued and the worlds of a bearer, Toril, separated many thousands of years ago, slowly started to overlap. Also, the spell plague happened and coincidentally drastically sped up this process. Shout out to the spell plague.
0: Basically, AO made a uh oh. Not my everything, Dad. He fucking, he fucking scrapped up his Fablets of Tate. It's actually just the tablets of Tate are just Andrew Tate telling you how to get more testosterone yeah. in your diet and like the most fantasy I way possible. I don't want his
1: name on this show. How dare you? I'll probably cut it out. Please. <laughs> the second sundering started with Aeo's decision to recreate the tablets of fate. He realized I made a mistake. Now ah, we need these tabs, bro. Sorry. And to separate the worlds of abeer and Toriel once more, the deities were unsure of what this would do to them and their power and made efforts to using their most powerful servants to prepare for the event.
0: Dad's up to no good. He's all hands dad's on deck. Doing something. It's gonna be big. Well, I thought Ao knows like all the stuff, and he's he, so he meant to do this. I mean, I don't know. To me,
1: it reads like a fuck up, but I don't know. Yeah.
0: Long I, story he, short, you think he like crushed him and like blew him out like over his hand. yeah. He's like say hello to fourth edition. That was cool. Yeah. odd oh, oops. Oh god, fourth edition sucks. <laughs> Damn. <it. laughs> <laughs> oh shit, what have I done? Hey, Will wakes up from a dead sleep. No, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It's just another dream.
1: God damn it, AO. Long story short, over a 10-year period the spell plague was fixed, the map of Faerun reverted to its old geography, new gods died or were ungodded, old dead gods were revived and regodded, the world axis cosmology reverted back to the great wheel cosmology, and all gods were essentially given a choice to either keep their godly status but not be able to interfere in the world directly, save for invoking Ao's wrath. Or lose a great deal of their divinity and power, but still be able to remain and affect the world directly. Shout out to Spellblake again. <laughs> that was a long sentence. Most deities.
0: It, that was that one sentence. God, I that was right. a whole paragraph. <laughs> Most deities. <laughs> that was on one breath. I think some of these commas should probably be. You're periods. probably right. Yeah, I don't have an no, editor. All good. I don't have an editor for this show. No, I think like it works the way you read. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. I I pulled the curtain back. And nice. so can you on Patreon. We can look at the notes. <laughs> it's so true. Most deities <laughs> chose the first option.
1: Which yeah. was the uh, yeah. we want to still be gods and we swear we we won't touch it again, Dad. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry, Dad. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, that's right. You better be
2: fucking sorry. <laughs> Don't make me destroy the tablets of fate again. Yeah. <laughs> Sixth edition.
1: <laughs> sorry. Um But some, for one reason or another, ended up on the wrong side of the Ao wall. Um, Orril is one of these gods. And as such, she has lost a great deal of her original power. Her power level is still listed as lesser deity on the Forgotten Realms wiki. But I would argue that it should probably be reduced to quasi-deity status, much like Baal. Um, But I will let you decide. Yeah, uh,
0: uh, Diggy, let us know what you think.
1: Uh, Yeah, I, I, I... I poked and bugged Diggy for a couple things on this, but I, I didn't ask him that question. And mm. I do want to know what he thinks. Um, Oril the Frostmaiden, the divine embodiment of Winter's Fury, has withdrawn to a far cold corner of the world known as Icewind Dale to live among mortals. Now, when I say Icewind Dale is really far north, I want you to remember that we spoke just spoke about the city of Luskin, mm-hmm. the northernmost major city in Faerun. If Luskin is Vancouver, Canada, then Icewind Dale is Fairbanks, Alaska. It is very far up there.
0: it's extra far. It's super far up there, yeah. You got to spend an extra seven days on a boat, on a cruise ship. Something like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now,
1: unfortunately for the denizens of Icewind Dale, Ariel has not merely moved in next door. She has decided to make her residency everyone else's problem and has cast a terrible spell over Icewind Dale to the detriment of of most living things. I, I do need to add here. I was talking to Diggy about this and he's of the opinion that this is no longer occurring. Um, and we're going to get kind of into spoilers of, on, on the, the rhyme of the frost maiden. Cause that, uh, adventure can end in a few ways. Okay. Um, the thing is we don't have anything, anything at all on a real after the adventure. So all oh, we know is where she's at during the adventure. And then of course the, the, more than a couple of the endings basically end with real still here doing her shit.
0: Yeah, if you guys want to know more about Forgotten Realms centric deities and gods and stuff, it's deities of the realms, right? It's Diggy's podcast. Uh, religion in the Realms. religion in the realms, yeah. and you guys should go check out religion in the realms. We'll link it in the description of this episode too. Yeah, so thanks Diggy for your help, and um, he really is a, a good a good expert on this stuff. You could check out uh, you could talk to him in the Discord too. Yeah. He's like our sorry, admin, admin mod yeah. guy.
1: Yeah. Um. So, anyways, she's she's cast a, a terrible spell over Icewind Dale to the detriment of most living things. Each night before midnight, Aurel takes to the sky on the back of a white rock. You remember what the rock is? Or yeah, like super, big super eagle. mega big eagle. Yeah, yeah,
0: super mega big eagle. This one's
1: white. Yeah, this one's white, and weaves her spell, which manifests as a shimmering curtain of light, a beautiful aurora that illuminates the night sky and fades before dawn. This powerful magic prevents the next day's sun from rising above the horizon. Uh, turning midday into twilight and trapping Icewind Dale in winter's dark embrace. With no sunlight or warmth to melt the snow and ice. Each casting of the spell leaves the Frost Maiden weakened with just enough divine power left to barricade the mountain pass with blizzards and churn the sea of moving ice with blistering winds. Beautiful. So she's keeping everyone out.
0: Okay. With her Wonderwall? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Such measures discourage travelers from approaching or leaving Icewind Dale, further isolating the region. Icewind Dale has thus been trapped in a different reality from the rest of the world. For though the sun never rises over the dale, it continues to rise everywhere else. Interesting. Uh, the people of Icewind Dale have, to come to, have come to call this state the everlasting rhyme. No one understands why the Frostmaiden has imposed her will in this way or why the other gods refuse to challenge her this prolonged winter. So... We're still, I mean, at this point, I guess we're kind of 10 years into 5e, but I feel like canonically we're still pretty early into the gods aren't allowed to do shit. Oh, yeah, uh, I see that. So Baldur's Gate 3, mild, mild, mild spoilers for that, but like, people pose the question, why don't the gods do anything? And you kind of get, spoiler Elminster's in the game, and he's like, well, they kind of can't. And, and, and yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. So back to this, uh, this prolonged winter, which has gone on for more than two years, threatens to doom, not just the flickering lights of civilization known as 10 towns, but also the indigenous flora and fauna that needs sunlight and the change of seasons to survive. Our does not give a
0: shit. No, she does. Fuck that flora and fauna.
1: Yeah. Now, is she still here in Icewind Dale after the adventure is over? I suppose that depends on how your individual game went. As for the canonical ending, it is unclear, and this is essentially the most up-to-date information that I have or any of us have uh, at the time of us recording this. So I am going to treat it as if she's still living in Icewind Dale and still fucking everything up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because... Seems and, about right. Yeah. Um. And also, again, spoilers for Frostmaiden, uh, rhyme with Frostmaiden, is you can kill her, in the DM notes, it says if she dies, she will come back and she will start doing this again. So it's like she, to me, it reads as if she's still up there. The same old
0: stuff. So no matter what happened, you are going to have Aurel doing weird up shit there. there yeah. Like maybe she ended the the, the part mm-hmm. where everything's like region locked. But yeah. But she'd still be
1: up there probably.
0: Yeah. With her, in her own little otherwise. frozen bubble Yeah, of whatever.
1: Yeah. Until we're told otherwise. Yeah. Oril the Frostmaiden has retreated to a floating island of ice and snow on... Uh, and on it, the the fortress of Grimscall,
0: Grimscalle. <laughs> You've been hanging out with me for too long, Grimscalle, Scrimscaille. Grimscalle will take you to the limit. Sorry. That's please,
2: good.
1: Please get that.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I might keep it.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, I'm sorry. So, fortress of Grimskal, built by frost giants, uh, now serves as her abode. Her presence makes the island the most frigid place in the far north. The cold is unbearable for many visitors, whose corpses become part of the island's frozen decor. Uh, Around the island, titanic icebergs bob in a churn of black sea of unknown depth, crashing into one another with destructive results. Using sheer force of will, the Frostmaiden can anchor the island or cause it to slowly drift about. For that reason, the island doesn't appear on maps of the Sea of Moving Ice because no one knows where it is when.
0: That's so. why they're all crashing into each other, because they're titanic icebergs. <laughs> womp, womp.
1: <laughs> the island itself is named the Island of Solstice, and it is shaped like a snowflake. Cool. With six jagged arms that protrude out into the sea. Uh, it, it is a windswept place made primarily of snow and ice. Grimscowl was constructed for a frost giant queen named Vasa and is filled with the remnants of her reign, including her corpse. Um, it is located dead center uh, on the Isle of Solstice, set between gardens of ice sculptures formed by the Frostmaiden's ice magic. Uh, the fortress resembles an imposing skull adorned with a horned crown. The entirety of its structure is formed of carved ice that emanates a mist of icy air, standing 600 feet That's 180 tall from the base to peak. A Grim Skull has three levels, along with a rooftop that has well-fortified battlements, Orill's rock companion Iskra uh, nests atop the roof of Grimscowl, as a number of ice mephits sit along the walls like gargoyles, and a particularly intelligent giant walrus
0: named Akuma
1: dwells within its
0: dungeon. Oh, that's fucking cool! It is pretty cool—a giant ice walrus. Yeah, with name. This is all. A lot of this sounds familiar. You've already told me that you put uh, mephits, or I played in the game where you put gargoyle ice mephits in. Yes, I played in another one of your games where <laughs> I named something vague walrus. Yeah, there is a came vague out of an ice. Monster that came out of a ice lake. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Oril
1: doesn't really have any friends, only enemies.
0: oh <laughs> that's sad. Earlier,
1: yeah, in earlier centuries, Oril was a member of the Deities of Fury, along with Malar, Umberlee. That's the one I couldn't think of earlier. Mm. And Talos, and used their combined destructive powers to inspire much reverent fear and, and tribute. Uh, Her relationship with Talos was said to be a close and cordial one, but this was no obstacle from his attempt to usurp her following, and she preferred not to rely on him due to his habit of responding, but then directing all the glory to himself. Okay. (laughs) Meanwhile, she and Malar mutually hated each other. Uh, Umberly was the only one she could cooperate with to some degree of confidence. But eventually, the wrathful sea goddess came to despise her enduring cold and the motionless sheets of ice her roiling seas were turned into, forming an alliance with the other gods of fury against her. So she got kicked out of the band. Right. Yeah. Like, basically, totally. it's like her, and, like, okay. Does not play She well was well only with invited because she was dating Talos. Talos was a dick. They broke up. Hermolar already didn't like each other. And then Umberly was like, you know, I don't like you either. So you got to go.
0: Yeah. That tracks. So following, I think sp- I've seen that. I think I've been to a party where that like happened. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, following the Spell Plague, Oril gained significant power by siphoning the face of Ulutiu, Aerdrifienia, uh, and Grump Slash Talos into her own. In addition to her classic portfolio of cold and winter, the Frost claimed dominion over wind and storms, bringing her into direct conflict with the ancient primordial power Akati.
0: Shout out to the Spell Plague. <laughs>
1: I got three on this app. You did. I mean, it's a favorite episode that's super tied to the second Sundering. So this it's going to be happen. a great year. Or, oh, really? shouting out to Demogorgon and the Spell Plague. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do an episode on the Spell Plague. Or, oh, yes, real. episode, he, whatever the next. What do you next... know about the Spell Plague?
0: What do, you, what do you know about the Spell Plague? It was bad for Mistra. It was, it was super bad duper for bad. Okay. Which most things that happen to Mistra are very bad. Yeah. Okay. Or Mistral. Or Mistral. And the Magic did a bad. The magic did bad. We'll, we'll have We've to... talked about the spell plague quite a bit, but it just keeps fucking coming well, up. we have, but we haven't. Like, right, exactly. Yeah, just I'll... like Demogorgon. This is a very reminiscent of our first 100 episodes. All right. We just don't have a book with the spell plague on it, you know what I mean? Like we'll, sitting in the background we'll of some We'll do an videos. episode on the spell plague. It'll be episode, what, 400? Let's do episode 400 spell plague. Okay.
1: I'll try. Hell yeah,
0: <laughs> I'll do it. Okay, no. I'll do it. I'll (laughs) do it.
1: Aurel and Shantea are mortal enemies. Uh, I don't know if you remember who Shantea is. She is Saloon and Char's on-purpose daughter Uh (laughs) versus their accidental daughter, which was Mistral. Mm. She is the Earth. She's the spirit of the Earth. Okay. (laughs) Um, And she don't like Aurel. Aurel
0: makes her cold. She don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) Constantly battling each other. That's why the other gods don't do anything. They they can't do anything about it, but they also wouldn't because it's cold over there. (laughs) Sune
1: opposes Oril as she blames her for the destruction of much that is beautiful. Uthgar despises Oril because the elk tribe abandoned him for her faith. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I wouldn't like her
0: either. stole my followers.
1: (laughs) God damn it. I'm not even god anymore. (laughs) Um, At one stage, Oril was in a relationship with Thrym, god of the frost giants. Uh, during that time, she became the mother of an Imperian daughter named
0: Nalkara. Well, she's a wanderer. She'd just be, be around. r l Yes, absolutely. She's kind of Roman. She,
1: she's like the wind.
0: She's out in these these Faerunian streets. <laughs> Indeed,
1: but not actually in the streets. She likes it in the wild. Um, <laughs> so, uh, any anything you want, any questions about Oril? Any any additives, comments, concerns?
0: Uh Cool piece to play with. Cool, cool to have around. Yeah, very cool. Uh, uh, and I don't know. I'm I'm mostly just excited for our spell episode now. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, with that being said, let's get ready for a long rest. Okay.
0: Hey everybody! Welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the episode where we kick back and get cold as hell. The coldest motherfuckers in the game. It's me and Will. That's what they
2: say about it, don't you guess? They the dungeon They call the coldest motherfuckers in the game. Yep.
0: They call him Chilium. <laughs> Chilium and. I don't got one for Brian. I'm sorry. Just Brian. <laughs> Chilium and
2: Brian.
0: <laughs> 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 No, Brime. Like rhyme. They call him Brycey. There we go.
2: <laughs> Chilium and Brycey. I hate it. It's terrible. It's the
0: worst. Oh, man. Um, that would be a cool shirt. Uh, anyway, I'm just gonna say that a bunch, and like maybe one of them will make it to the thing. <laughs> maybe you know. Uh, okay, so um, these slippies are just blocks of ice that I've melted my feet into. I'm am d- I'm gonna lose them. I'm gonna lose all these toes. Well, you know that's what Oral would want. That's what Oral would want. And, but if I make it through the night with these slippies on, they'll be impervious to getting cold ever again. That's true. And I can make ice methods come out of my pinky toenail it's really gross Poof, poof. the tiniest ice methods they'll stabby stab you they'll look like the crust on the side of the market freezers that i I used to eat i hate where this is gone Uh, this there's a youtube comment remember that youtube comment where somebody was like i used to do that bro (laughs) they also used to eat the ice from the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. winter thing i do do. oh man i was a weird kid
2: (laughs) okay well
0: well they had this they had those long ones that were like the size of an entire aisle like Mm -hmm. That would just run down the middle of what a frozen section or whatever. It's just exposed. The whole thing's got a delicious-looking ice crust.
2: <laughs> I've never looked. I've looked at me like, oh, that's definitely a feeling I get.
0: You know when you're seven, it's, it's, things it's look different. different. Yeah. Things do
2: look different when you're seven.
0: Yeah, like look at the waffle container over here. It's got a lot of ice crispies. <laughs> uh, so uh, quick update on my dragon turtle Sally a boy named Sally we're just leaning into that he is uh surviving the the we do have like freezing temperatures at night and they just burrow below the frost line i did put like a I installed some heating out there ran some power out there again put the heater up building a new enclosure so there hasn't been a lot of sally updates they're very they're not very active right now they come out and absorb some that precious sunlight i don't i looked out there i went to go get waters and I looked outside the studio for Sally and did not see Sally um, yet, but uh, next time I get a good photo op, I'll put it up there. You can follow me on SoundGood Inc. on Instagram, or I guess Threads, because everybody got like an auto account for Threads that has an Instagram. True. Um, I was thinking about live tweeting my at-home games. Mm, mm. I think that would be fun thing for content on Threads. Was just like grab a shot. Hey, we're about to play, or like, like we're like about we're it? about to play. As like my cleric just became invisible and like let a guy die. that's like something that happened once?
1: Well, I can't wait to play because it, it sounds like a fun game.
0: I'll just like throw snip dumb snippets of stuff into the, the like as we play. Yeah, um, that might be a fun thing I might yeah. do. Could be cool. I'll take a group photo of us at the table. I got to start getting back to. That. I used to do that when we play. I'd be like, okay, everybody, group photo. I should start doing that again every time I play D anD. D have like a. Uh, you know like a slideshow of like groups like sounds adventuring, good, yeah. absolutely um but yeah the, you can expect that from me on there not much so, <laughs> we have other social media though that is like more show centric it's very true the dungeon Guest can be followed on instagram
1: threads mastodon we have a discord mm-hmm. all links are in the description um i'm trying to be more active on uh, the various social medias. I'm probably the most active on Discord, but the is more about the community than it is about us. So I highly recommend you guys go there if you want to be part of a really cool D community that um that loves D D is and is super friendly. Yeah. Uh
0: absolutely I agree with all of that. You wanna read some YouTube comments? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um I we we Will did the tragedy of Zariel, the Fallen. That's got a ton of comments, but they're all the same. Do more of these. This was awesome. Right. So good uh, job.
1: When you when you do look at comments, make sure to shut off the the ones that you haven't responded to. Oh, I always
0: do. Okay. Yeah, good. okay. It, so they, otherwise all... we'll miss all the, the fun comments that we loved. Yes. Um let's see. How about the elemental chouse? Should we read comments yeah, from that? Let's do it. Or nine most ridiculous items of uh magic items of D and D. Whichever you want. Okay, let's do the chouse. Uh, let's see. Comments on the Chouse. Uh, let's see here. Yep, let's click. I haven't responded. I'm, I'm reading these. Like, when you do, uh, YouTube content, you get, uh, access to this app, YouTube studio app. We can, like, view all our stats and stuff in there. I'm sure if you guys follow other YouTubers, they, like, screenshot analytics from there sometimes. Um... Let's see, we got Crow with Teeth 7693 says, I'd love an episode about traps, hazards, and puzzles. It's one of those things that's hard to really learn as a new DM. I agree, which is why I suggested it. So we're going to just heart and, th- and thumb all these <laughs> as I read them. Uh, Matt Castleberry, 15, oh, and we will do that episode, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, it'll come up this year um, yep. at some point. We will fit it in. Um Thank uh, Matt Castleberry. Fifteen forty two says, "Thank think'em, Got to thank them all. Got to thank them all." Patreons. I think I still really want to do that song where we Pokemon rap style all our yes, patrons. Yes, I am super into it. uh, uh four hundred four. Th- I swear I read that wrong. Four hundred four three says, "It's the year of the elemental party face emoji." Hell yeah, it is. Uh, Preston G- Garner eight seven nine six says, "Are you going to talk about the positive plane and the negative plane eventually?" Eventually, um, Little Crow YT says, I love 4E and I'm glad somebody else has noticed and talked about how much 4E actually did for D&D mythology and cosmology. Not saying it was a non-existent before because it most certainly was present, but it was cobbled together over years of core books, splat books, magazines, side books, etc., 4e tried to bring it all together in the core books and fleshed out different aspects that hadn't ever been fleshed out before though it has also left some stuff out like the full alignment chart even though 5e and 1dnd are both trying to do away with it as a concrete axis and more of a background tertiary aspect of the game i've been a strong proponent of 4e since shortly after it released uh, when my rogue pulled an anime move that was hype as fuck uh, sweaty yeah, face yeah you want to do a
1: cool anime move forey's the addition for you 100 all cool anime
0: moves and my love for that era has only strengthened over the years i especially love what fourey did for spirits and animism uh in d d and that's one of the things i sh- that strongly inspired me to world build myself oh yeah uh absolutely one, nice long comment but a nice one good good stuff little crow yt one two three the big dog. Says, so I DM'd a game where, uh, a while back, with the evil Earth Elemental uh, mock Ogermock? mock. It was a fun game. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Onyx D. Dixon says, there's a Spencer's next to a Hot Topic at my nearby mall. That was our, God,
1: what what were we we even talking about the episode? We were like-
0: The Shadowfell and the Feywild.
1: Oh, yeah, that- (laughs)
0: Yeah, because Spencer's is so morally ambiguous and everything that they uh, have in their store. Uh, yeah. You could buy, like, at one point, you could buy, like, fucking Confederate flag stuff, butt plugs, like, <laughs> lava lamps, like, Bob Marley posters. Yeah. It's just, like, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's Spencer's games. And you know what you can find in the Hot Topic. Gray. Black. Yeah, I Red. guess so. Red. Lots of anime stuff these anime. days. Anime. Lots yeah. of anime stuff these days. A lot of anime stuff. Uh. Andy English 4303 said, oh, they've got Doc Brown as their uh, profile picture. That's cool. Uh, Genie appeared in 4E's Monster Manual 2 while Merids and Dow eventually showed up in Dungeon Magazine. Apparently, they saw having one genie type for each of the four elements was redundant and just kept the ones most commonly fought and the ones most commonly friendly to the party. Yeah,
1: it it was one of 4E's blunders for sure. Just, e free exist and we're not really going to talk about the other ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My wife's going to come in here and get her purse while I read these YouTube comments, so uh, don't mind the background noise. Uh, Wes WTF2562 says, Fish suits are a spell jammer magic item. They let your players ride the lightnings. That's cool. Fish suits. Uh, Sir Nuno's lives. Once again, they're back. Indeed. I absolutely love this episode. Talking about the little-known aspects about how our favorite makeup... Favorite make-believe universe is made. It really fleshes out how any campaigns can be expanded on. Great upload, my brothers. Your oh. D&D gung-fu is adequate and on its way to becoming legendary, my grasshoppers. Smiley face emoji. Oh, and a new D&D magic consumable. Baird's Cream of Wild Stew uh, is a warm cup of chaos soup. It's always warm and always changing tastes. Roll for random effects. Good luck. Yeah, That's Interesting, cool. yeah. Uh. Daddy AF945, the introduction of the elemental chouse was the best thing ever. Planes devoted to the individual elements was so dumb. Blended planes make pacing faster and eliminated the garbage physics problems like infinite oceans or Earth that were a slog. Um, eh,
1: I like having them both. I just don't like how because 5e brought the inner planes back, they've really kind of turned them elemental chaos. as just something super boring. I like, I'm like, why can't I just have my cake and eat it too? I like the inner planes and the quasi elemental planes, but I also want my elemental chaos to be fucking awesome. Like it is in 40.
0: It was a controversial comment. There were three replies on it and, yeah. uh, I'm not going to read them cause it, it's a little bit of back and forth, but, mm. you know, there it is. And yeah. you you kind of stepped in for them anyway. Yeah. Walupof. What up, Walupof? I feel like the reason 5e has so little info on the elemental chalice is because it's kind of unnecessary if there's limbo in the abyss and elemental planes in 5e. I almost think it could have stayed in 4e, but it's cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could have, but at the same time, I don't know. I feel like the Elemental Chaos does have kind of its own little vibe compared to Limbo. I would say Limbo is the closest thing to it, though.
0: Yeah, I think it's just like, what style of game do you want to run? We've yeah. got it all. We're, yeah. we're going to include this because we have it. Yeah, uh, Austin with with AM, with Austin with him. Oh, 109. I've got a campaign in progress, about half done, uh, in which the Slod have used the material plane and the group of gullible druids to channel the energy of the, ele- the Elder Elementals and rip open a gate to Limbo and eventually consume all the inner planes. And finally, the material plane into Limbo. The end of goal, of course, being the destruction of Mechanus, allowing Chaos to rule the planes themselves. The Slod throw in behind the demons and end the blood war. To get a sufficient force to sweep through the upper plains, the raw elemental chaos will tear even the demon lords to pieces, and all that's left to warp the cosmos to their will are the Slotty. That's got some comments on it, too. Uh, Edward Aponte, 942, says, Animatics of the Short Rest Adventures would be amazing. Oh, yeah. They make 100% them. would Make be. them happen, people. Huh? It's a make them happen, people. There's somebody out there, an <laughs> animator. Uh, if, if you do animation... Um, there's a chance we might need one for YouTube um in the near future. So hit us up. Uh let's see. Lorenzo four six three seven. Heck yeah. Year of the elemental. I'm here for it. Oh, cool. And yeah, I'm Ra- excited for it too. Wraith Reaper twenty two, a longtime commenter of not only this show, but Super Quest saga, who I'm very grateful for, says, Here for the chouse. Hell yeah. <laughs> Me too, Wraith Reaper. Me too. Uh, let's call it a game. Yeah,
1: let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.
2: The dungeon cast contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator.